It's Conspiracy Theory Sunday on The Daily. We'll talk through last night's event at Devil's Bowl Speedway and why the criticism literally makes no sense at all. We'll also get into Trophy Cup, some Outlaw Lay Model, and MSCS News Plus Weekend winners. Let's go. It's Sunday, October 22nd. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm going to start today off with last night's World of Outlaws show at Devil's Bowl Speedway. Might get a little fired up today. I apologize in advance. It was the final ever race at the track, and we ended up with an insane finish. David Gravel just nipping race-long leader James McFadden at the line for the $20,000 score. Incredible final sequence. There's some really great photos floating around of that moment. But when we should be celebrating the end of an era and enjoying a great finish, all I see today are complaints about how outlaw officials handled the early open red. So here's the scenario. Brad Sweet and Casey Kane, obviously car owner and driver, get together on an early restart and cause a huge pileup on the front straightaway. Sweet's car is brought to the work area and officials make the red flag an open red flag. That means that instead of it just being a normal red flag where teams are stopped on the track so that uh, you know safety officials can clean things up, Crews are then allowed to go out onto the racetrack to service their cars. While cleanup is happening, the 49 team is able to replace the front end, uh, front wing, top wing, and other parts and pieces and get Brad's car back out onto the racetrack. Later, after also suffering a blown left rear tire to add to things, Sweet's able to drive back to 7th at the finish. Now here's where things go completely unhinged. People are angry at the outlaws for supposedly helping Brad and allowing him extra time to fix his car so he can stay in the championship fight. To those people, I ask, how in the world does the series benefit by helping Brad win the title? Have you been paying any attention at all to what's been going on the last few weeks and months? I'm just going to say the quiet stuff out loud here so you understand what's at play and the context. This guy, as in Brad Sweet, is getting ready to announce a competing sprint car series for next season. He's going to go head-to-head with the World of Outlaws. He's already nabbed two former WRG employees to join his series, and behind the scenes, he's been actively lobbying for current Outlaw teams to join his series next season, and he's also competing with the series for tracks and dates for 2024. If you're the Outlaws at WRG, Brad Sweet is public enemy number one. So why in the world would they be trying to help this guy win the title so he can cash a $350,000 check of yours at year's end and then start a cart IRL type split in sprint car racing? The argument is about as ridiculous as they come. If anything, it should be the opposite. If the outlaws were going to manipulate this, they would screw the 49 so the two can win, and that way you hurt this guy. Let's bring this back to reality a little bit and explain a few things here. First, Devil's Bowl had one tow truck on the property. Call that whatever you like. I have no problem with you judging that part of the situation. But one tow truck means crash scenes are going to take a while to clean up, especially when they involve multiple cars upside down. Just ask Riley Goodnow uh, from later in the night. If you were watching on Dirt Vision, the work to Sweet's car was nearly complete and Johnny was on the mic talking about how they were still cleaning up from that initial incident. And if anything, uh, going to an open red actually hurt the 49 because there were no extra crew members around to help in the work area like there would normally be. Also, the open red literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a closed red or an open red. Under standard red flag conditions, Outlaw teams are still allowed to fix their car in the work area, but they would have been able to do it with extra help had it not been open. Remember that teams here too are guaranteed two minutes in the work area as a baseline. They're not limited to two minutes. It's not a two minute clock at two minutes, you're done. 
If you get to two minutes and there's still stuff that happens on the racetrack, you get extra time. So for example, if a crash scene takes five minutes to clean up, teams can use the entire five minutes to fix their race car. It's happened many, many times before. With only one tow truck, that red flag was going to be lengthy, no matter the open red or not. With a lengthy red flag period and extra help, Brad gets out of the work area 100% of the time last night. If you want to complain about something, I might give you the rear bumper situation, although the bumper was still technically attached when the car was pushed off. Officials had plenty of chances to look at it, and they seem to be fine with it, though. That's a judgment call, and no matter what, I don't have a beef with that. Looking at this entire situation, the anger and argument are nonsensical. They're bananas, completely backwards. And all it shows me is that there is just a lot of vitriol and disdain towards the outlaws, no matter what they do. Damn the context, the situation, the background, the logic, the reason, or any sort of level-headed thinking. Let's just go with a conspiracy theory that doesn't make any sense, even on a very basic level, because it allows us to get mad about something. I just don't understand it. A gravel Carson Cito leave Devil's Bowl with the final two wins. Now with World Finals looming, uh, sweet heads to Charlotte in two weeks with a 50-point lead and three features left. At the Dirt Track World Championship last night, we only got through uh, Lucas qualifying before things were uh, called off. Rain all day led to a heavy track, got rutted, as you could expect. And a nasty steel block late model crash during their second B main was the tipping point for officials. So it was still the steel block feature plus the rest of the Lucas festivities still to come. The schedule for today, I believe, is hot laps at 3 p.m. at Eldora and then the rest of the program to follow. I'd still like to maybe go live this evening to watch. I'll, I'll keep you posted on that if that happens or not, kind of how the timing of the day plays out. Out in California on Saturday night, Trophy Cup 29 went to Corey Day. He finished second in the main event and was already the event points champion. But there was drama after the feature. Logan Seavey took the checkered flag as the race winner, but he came up light at the scales. And that promoted Day from second to the feature win. Uh, Justin Cox, Dominic Selzy joining him on the night's podium. It was the first Trophy Cup score for the 17-year-old Day, and he took home $29,000 for the win. And just to add to the Saturday night drama, somebody did try to steal a golf cart from the infield at Tulare during an open red. According to social media, that guy later bailed on foot, tried to get back into the grandstands. What the hell's going on? Uh, other weekend winners included Corey Hedgecock begging twenty-eight grand in the crate, a late model at Alltech. Kyle Hardy won the $23,000 at Bedford in the super late model. Dylan McCowan and Tyler Stevens picked up comp, cam, uh, comp cams wins. Uh, Billy Moyer Jr. just snagged that series title by two points over Kyle Beard. Troy Wagaman won the Saturday 410 show at BAPS, and Robert Ballou picked up a pair of non-wing wins. Uh, Dave Darling finished seventh in his final race ever. A couple of interesting Word of Outlaws late model news bits for you today. First series director Steve Francis will return to the seat of a dirt late model coming up this week at Charlotte. He'll drive a 602 late model owned by World Racing Group CEO Brian Carter during the World Short Track Championship. Uh, Francis hasn't raced a late model since 2017, having transitioned from competitor to series official between Lucas and now the Outlaws. The Outlaws tech director in Kenny Canada will crew chief the car for Francis. The Kentucky Colonel was the 2007 Outlaw champion. He tested Carter's late model just here recently at Charlotte within the last week or two. Also, it appears as though we have our first two drivers commi uh, committed and confirmed for the full World of Outlaws late model season in 2024. Ryan Gustin will transition from Rocket Chassis to Longhorns and become a teammate to Todd Cooney next year. Gustin is currently fifth in the Outlaw standings with three wins on the season, while Cooney is down in 14th in his first full year out on tour. Cooney runs Longhorn by Wells Chassis, and that's what Gustin will also use next year. 20, uh, 2023 was the third full season on tour with the Outlaws for Gus, and he continues to show a lot of improvement. Three wins, plus more top fives, more top tens, and a better average finish over a year ago. 
We'll see if this chassis swap uh, ends up paying dividends for him. If you're a non-wing sprint car fan, some not-so-great news from the last few days. The uh, Midwest Sprint Car Series, or MSCS, announced late on Thursday they are ceasing operations with the 2023 season already complete. Started way back in 2001, the series competed this year at Hobstadt, Paragon, uh, Bloomington, Lincoln Park, Circle City, and Gas City. Drivers like Justin Grant, Timez, Brady Bacon, Kyle Cummins were all MSCS winners this year. But it was teenager Kayla Rail who took down the championship in her rookie season in a 410 sprint car. She topped Eric Gentry and Brady Short in the final standings. MSCS owner Tom Helfrich, who also owns Hobstadt, said, quote, In recent years, there have been fewer drivers who were able to follow the entire series because of other commitments and more choices to race elsewhere. The sport itself has changed since 2001, and we feel we are at a point going forward that we cannot continue to deliver the value we feel is up to our standards. And that is the main reason for our decision, unquote. Helfrich made sure to mention that nothing will change at Hobstadt going forward. Definitely a bummer to lose a series, but understand it's a tough business. All right, that's it for the show today. Hope you guys have a great Sunday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>